Definitely. But good thing is about uh, it's like the the Chinese culture is the thing. Even they are super nice to you, yeah. the seniors, but there's uh, some conditions, something tied to it. Mm. So they always like you owe them a favor or something. No, they always want to, you know, kind of uh, have a saying in your own stuff. Mm. You know, if you are like you in China, you will be big trouble when you're this age. You are not married. Yeah, You're not yeah, having yeah, kids. Yeah, yeah. You know that the the, yep. the, the, the your re- old old relatives always, even your not your parents, they kind of feel they are entitled to give you advices. Mm. Even my aunt, if I last last trip I did not have my kid, my two aunts they will say, oh, no 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 no, why don't you have a kid? <laughs> Bring kid yeah, next time. Ex- don't come back without one. Exactly. So they they kind of you know it's it's the you will feel the pressure, you know if like. Uh, like the whole society or like because they are too nice to you so sometimes they feel they are part of your circle they're part of your parents you know their their parents as well so they kind of feel they really entitled to give you the life advices yeah they sometimes like all this even we call remote relatives the the crazy case is lot of even remote Relatives, they give you like they have the authority to give you. When do you get married? Well, you don't have girlfriend. This twenty-seven years old. Or <laughs> when when gonna have you get married? And do they have many like others? The the girl you are dating right now, you are seeing like do they have many or they do they have a sp- stable job? Does she you know her parents good? You know everything. Yeah, it's, that's the pressure. Yeah, and, and so so the, the the it's very huge difference. Huge difference. But the here, like in the West, like you, you enjoy the freedom. Yeah. You know, but there, the parents maybe they pay you for the for the front payment, like upfront payment, the 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 mortgage down payment. They, oh they, wow! A lot of them. Wow. So that that doesn't happen here. Exactly. So <laughs> that's unheard of. So they're super nice to you. They they feel like the continuation is flowing. Yeah. From generation to generation. They they give up everything for you. Yeah. But the the, the for exchange, they they want to have a lot of voting rights. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's like a martyr complex almost. Yeah. Like I gave up everything for me. Yeah. For you. Yeah. No, you owe me. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> like I'm gonna I, have my say. Yeah. I need to say like what time you get married and yeah. like who's marrying to, and it's amazing, and it's put and the problem is, as a boy. A guy is fine. Sure. It's a little bit leniency, li- yeah, little bit time. Yeah. But for the woman, for yeah. it's if you're not getting married, twenty six. Yeah, you're going to marry. Nobody yeah. going to marry you. Yeah, and every moment, every <laughs> second, it pass- really messes up with your head too. Yeah, it's exactly. Like- every moment passing, you are losing chances. You, you, your value is going down I, like crazy. I can't even imagine making major life choices like that at twenty six. Like. I think my parents were married at like 23, 25. I think they were 23, 25 around the time I was born. They got married early 20s. I'm like, I'm 33 now. I'm like, I'm still not. (laughs) And I'm like, I have a job. Like I have a career now. I've been doing this job for a long time and I've lived in cities and I have a wonderful partner. And I'm still to the point where I'm like, I don't think (laughs) like I could do this. I think I would fail catastrophically at having a child. It's a, it's too because I'm, I'm immigrant here. Yeah. I see both sides. That's the thing. Mm. Constantly in my head. When you see friends like this, or, or other friends, it's constantly in your head. That's why I cannot focus on my French learning. <laughs>
every day. It's like when you see it, it's right in your face. Yeah. And that's the dilemma. You, you kind of, <clears throat> it's very tough. Like uh, when I see the development in China, the economy is going up really well. Mm -hmm. And here, everything like stagnant. Mm -hmm. And when you have one bridge and a RAM project takes four years, never heard of in China, this whole thing, like 50 kilometers all across Montreal, mm -hmm. taking four years. That's, years. That's a year, one year, or like it's crazy. six months will be done in China. Yeah. Uh, you, I, I, I that's see what I mean about efficiency, though. Like, yeah. I come back to North America yeah. from a foreign country yeah. that's very efficient and very good. Yeah. And it's like, wait, hang on, why are these roads in Montreal inside out for the third straight year? Hello? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's crazy. So, the problem is like, when I see both sides of things, you always want to get good things from both sides. Oh, they're yeah, good yeah, at yeah. this, and this side, oh, they're really nice people. And then you want to see, okay, can I get both? But reality is you can't. And you keep struggling in your head. Like, one, one day I think, oh, I miss chess over there. One day I think, oh, people are super nice here. Yeah. And you get both. That You want to get both. It's, it's a, yeah. That's why I cannot focus on French learning. Yeah. I mean, I'm even just, just within Canada, I'm constantly, thank you, I'm constantly torn between wanting to stay in Montreal and wanting to move home to be closer with family or... Uh, maybe someday we'll like move to Europe and just live somewhere completely different. Like it's, I always want to do all these different things, but, but as, so much yeah. time, man. But after the, I guess you said four or five years in San Francisco. After that, you right came back right right at uh, in Montreal, right? Yeah. So I was Alberta for twenty three years, California for four, and now I've been here for five. Five years. So the the EA. So you have to move yeah. to Montreal for the yeah, EA. Yeah. Yeah. So. They don't have the San Francisco EA. They do have, right? They do. So uh, it's actually where their headquarters is is uh, in just outside of San Francisco. But it's it's the way it works is basically Electronic Arts EA has their headquarters in San Francisco, and that's publishing. That's yeah. the CEO. That's the business people. They run all the money. They run the company. The publisher has several different game development studios. Some of them are in San Francisco in the same building. Some of them are in Los Angeles. Some of them are in Montreal. Some are in Vancouver. Some are in England, some are, they're everywhere. Uh, so the Montreal studio, they started for the tax breaks uh, and for the <laughs> talent. Money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, you get to save money, you get to hire up a bunch of people who have made a bunch of games at other studios, and you get to make a bunch of money on Star Wars games. Perfect, go. That was kind of the, the, uh, the approach. Oh, we're getting slowly through that bottle. So it's a... Uh... Uh, it, like then you moved to Montreal. How do you like Montreal? That the first time in Montreal, right? It is. Yeah, I, I visited once, like twelve years ago, with a friend. Yeah. Like we came out. His brother was living yeah. out here, so we came for a visit. Um, and I liked it. I liked the food. I liked yeah. just it felt old, yeah. like, <laughs> like a European city, yeah. old kind of thing. I like that blend of new, yeah. uh, new kind of big brick buildings yeah. and, and brand new glass buildings. It's, it's a very cool city. I like the food in Montreal a lot. Food is definitely like my favorite thing about the city. Same with San Francisco. Um, yeah, it's nice to live in a city where the public transit is really nice. I don't have to have a car. Yeah, exactly. I do not miss having a car at all. No, very, it's very rare in North America. You have a really good public transportation system. Definitely. Um, yeah, I, I quite like Montreal. Uh, the, uh, but is that French bothering you? French language? No, I, it doesn't bother me at all. Like I, because I came here with the understanding that I will be an outlier. Right, like I will be somebody who frustrates people because I don't yeah. speak French. And I tried to learn French when I was here, and I, I learned a little bit in high school, so I have like a base 
knowledge. But you can speak uh, or I you can, can understand? Yeah, not really. I think the old English, they're very close to French. Like, if you have English accent, I guess yeah. it's, the English accent is like they say something like you, you say, you pronounce with effort. That's yeah. like a totally French. Yeah. French, you like, you feel like after speaking for one hour, you have to take a break, <laughs> yeah. right? Because they pronounce yeah, yeah, yeah. everything is so thorough. Yeah. Like, English is the same. British English, they, they kind of, they, they, you feel the, the yeah. effort. Like, you guys have to, like uh, Boris Johnson. <laughs> Boris Johnson have to take a break every five minutes after speaking five minutes, right? Because it's everything so thorough they yeah. pronounce. That's why he gets nothing done. It's because yeah. he's always taking breaks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like American English is so easy. Like no, no, no. Like, when I sleep, I can speak American English, yeah. but not British yeah. English. Well, that's. I always feel bad when I talk to anybody who speaks English as a second yeah. language because yeah. I speak so quickly. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm a very fast talker. Yeah. I kind of mumble yeah, a little yeah. bit, that's so I just I move through words very quickly. And no, not for me. It's okay if I don't understand you. I say yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna watch this and I'm gonna know every time. Yeah, like, if I don't understand you, I yeah. if I don't get you, I'll say yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We yeah through everything. Yeah. <laughs> like when yeah. it's a yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Right now, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's true, though. So it's it's easy for you to uh, to, to to learn French. To be honest, like if you I, very great yeah, understanding of English. I just have to yeah. like put in the effort. Yeah, and yeah. I haven't kind of thing. So I, I have like a little bit of knowledge. I know some phrases. I know some expressions. I'll hear people talking and I'll be like, oh, I know what you're talking about, but I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> you know, time. like I can understand yeah. a little, I can actually read. Okay. I can read yeah. French pretty yeah. well. Like if I look at a menu, I can generally understand yeah. like, ah, oh, I know what I'm looking at, but I'm a terrible speaker. Yeah. I'm a terrible listener. I guess they share the, the words like old times, French yeah, and a lot, lot of time of, you can get. Like a Japanese, Chinese, the mm -hmm. same, same idea. I, I figure out when I'm learning French, I figure out like a lot of, like the English word you don't use that often. Actually, it's a French word as well. Mm. A lot of like it, the same meaning you can have used two or three different words, oh, like yeah, English word. Yeah, yeah. You see the, the one rarely used, like the English word, actually it's a French word as well. For the same meaning. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of that thing a phenomenon. I think it's easy to if not easy, but yeah. easier. Yeah. Like if you're if you know some Spanish, yeah, yeah. Or you know some Italian or you know some Portuguese, yeah. all these languages come from the same place. Yeah. Right? Latin language. Yeah. And and they they they're connected. Yeah. They're different but they're connected. So I think uh, there are, when I was I've been to Spain, didn't yeah. talk about that, I went to Spain for a little bit. Uh, and my Spanish is awful, but because I knew a little bit of French, yeah. I could pick up a little bit of Spanish yeah. pretty quickly. So for me like like for me, if I don't achieve anything in my life, but if I know English, French, I would be really super happy when I die. I would, I'd be really, I feel like a successful life. That's like, it, like being yeah, bilingual is amazing. Yeah, like yeah. I can't fathom knowing yeah. multiple languages. I'm, I'm learning, I've been learning self-learning for a long time French. Yeah. My English is getting better and better. And if I can read French literature, like yeah. the, Dumas, the oh, standard, yeah. those yeah, yeah. kind of literature in French, original, oh, the, that would be amazing. That's a big goal. Yeah, exactly. I, I would try use lit, uh, dictionary. I would look up dictionary, but I can finish, if I can finish the whole book, even with the help of dictionary, yeah. that would be amazing yeah. for me. It's amazing. English, I spend way too much time on English, but it's amazing. It opens up a lot of stuff to me. I, I listen to watch a lot of American shows. Yeah. The, uh, top, the, conversations on a lot of things it's amazing it's a it's, it's totally language is amazing it's amazing um something i noticed when i because i took french classes for a while and after you know you when you're doing it consistently and you're genuinely putting in the effort it starts to 
become a little more natural. And I, something I noticed, and this is the reason I wish I kept through with it, is I started to think in French. Or I would have thoughts that were like weaving in and out of French. So I wanted to ask you, when you're, what goes on in your head? Are you internally in your head, when you're thinking, are you speaking Chinese? Are you speaking A lot of time English? in English now. Yeah, interesting. You, okay. First time, several, 10 years ago, I, I, I first time had a dream in English. I was scared. I was happy to. <laughs> that is because you're like, I didn't say to do that. Yeah. And even like in the dream, next morning, I, I kind of recollect what I had in the dream. I, literally, I had a conversation with another guy in English. Yeah. That was the first time. Like, hmm, maybe that means my English is not that bad. Yeah, it's a good place that. to go practice. Exactly. In, in the dream. That's amazing. And then if one day, if I can do that in French, that would be amazing. Uh, probably my head would be messed up. <laughs> And just have a dream of three different versions of you yeah, speaking yeah. different languages to each other. But for sure, like uh, one day I, I would uh, literally, if I, I, I'm okay with French, the next language I want to work on will be Japanese. Mm. Japanese will be very easy for us, uh, not very easy, relatively easy with, from, with speaking Chinese yeah. will be easy. Yeah, because you have a good foundation. Yeah, yeah foundation will be uh, next, the, because Japanese is so huge on the, what is the cartoons, not the cartoons, what is it called, manga? 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 Yeah. yeah, yeah, the it's, comics? Yeah, yeah. So I, I know a lot of, like, some friends here, like, they are Quebec, the mm. Quebecois, and then they, they, they know a lot of friends, mm. some of them, a lot, lot of them Japanese, yeah. because reading those kind of mangas. See, manga. this, is, this is, I wish I could learn Japanese. I would, and the reason I would do it is not just because it'd be, you know, you know, amazing. It would open up a lot of career opportunities. Uh, oh, yeah. It, also, it would also mean I could go to Japan and travel yeah. and enjoy it more. But there's a series of books yeah. uh, written by this guy named Arimasa Osawa. And it's like a detective novel yeah. series. <clears throat> it's about this cop in Shinjuku in like the 80s and 90s. And it's just like an interesting detective Yakuza gangster story. And I read the first novel. It's translated in English. And I just loved it. It's so good. And I ordered his second one, and I've been reading that, and it's excellent. And those are the only ones that have been translated, and he's been writing them for 20 years. So he has so many of these books that I'll never yeah. get to read. It's amazing. I and on the YouTube, there's a guy, he has one, more than 1 million subscribers already. Mm. This guy has a series called One Day in Japan. One day, uh, one day of a life of a like space engineer, for example, mm. a, a day of I I kind of watch a lot of his YouTube's. Yeah, uh, his about one day of like a manga. There's a manga uh, writer or something. It's amazing. So they how do they divide the, the the studio? Only six people or five people. The the founder of the of the company they do this manga thing mm -hmm. manga thing, and then he is responsible for creating those thing. And and of every day, the boss will mm -hmm. gonna go through like the work he go he did that day. And it's amazing. You see the the day he probably got up at six morning. Six in the morning, and then day he finishes day nine, ten, up watching YouTube or so whatever. Yeah. So it's amazing that series. You can Google, you can look up on the YouTube. It's one day in a, a life of. It it's amazing. So they tell this different like space engineer. I saw another mom. It's called a kimono mom, hmm. and actually kimono mom like she got like more than one million subscribers yeah. right after because when this guy shoot a day of her life. In uh, YouTube, because a lot of millions of people viewed, yeah. and then she decided to have her, her own YouTube channel. <laughs> it got a more than one million. 
and all this the series called one day in a life of yeah. what is a career it's amazing so this manga thing manga thing this I, they they draw the characters yeah. and then they even produce a model like the oh, like a, a sculpt yeah sculpture thing huh. to to see all this it's a very mature industry it's amazing yeah. so they are only one of uh, hundreds of these kind of studios they're doing this and then yeah. the best will come out very famously but if they're not so successful they probably they're famous locally and then uh, okay. yeah it's amazing thing like uh, people so dedicated yeah and manga in japan yeah. is so, it's so different than comics here like comics now especially because of like marvel movies and yeah. things like that making it more popular comics are still not something that like your average person is reading on the train like a young person maybe but an, like a adult 30 40s not not as common whereas in japan everybody reads manga because yeah. there's manga for everything yeah, it's, it's really like, just like a book it's just yeah. here's the story for the week yeah read your manga enjoy and and the the small studio only made of several people the details the dedication they put in is amazing mm -hmm. everybody was also back to the culture is the the dedication the the collective responsibility is so much even one employee they are in charge of for example they're in charge of ordering the lunch boxes for all employees responsible for cleaning up everything so the, the work ethic just is, so that they can continue to work yeah the wow. work ethic is amazing yeah it's nobody forcing them to do this but somehow this one person in charge of a lot of stuff the from the morning they all get up super early mm. they saw all of them they get up brushing teeth everything like uh, sleepwalking the early morning <laughs> and it's amazing so the work ethic is crazy mm -hmm. that's the in the office they they kind of you don't for example some here in, in montreal sometimes you eight hours in the office you, you don't produce that much mm -hmm. you sometimes you want to watch some youtube videos yep. you kind of but for them it's crazy they clean everything even the one one episode is about like uh, um, a fire station i guess firefighters oh, yeah, okay. a, a day of firefighter even they kind of mop every or the, the fire trucks they do just by themselves they kind of super clean even one there's one lady it's not like oh this is somebody else's job yeah exactly problem. even the Looking one one lady doing the delivery she did the she has a delivery job even the small truck pick up trucks something the the delivery trucks mm -hmm. they mop the before they uh, i guess it's from the company truck is belongs to the company when they switch the shift they 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 mop everything they clean the whole truck is crazy it's seriously so insane. I love it's, it. It's insane. It's like uh, I read a lot of, I, I watched a lot of that YouTube video from that kind of subscribe. It seems that, like I, that's what I love about YouTube now too. Is like when YouTube first came out, it was really just a place for any idiot to upload <laughs> whatever, right? And now it's become programmed. Like there are channels I subscribe to because I want to see, you know, okay, it's a travelogue. It's a guy who is roaming the world right he's just backpacking through the world on his youtube channel and that's how he makes money and that's how he pays for his trips and here's his video about spending a week in iraq and then after that here's his week in lebanon and after that here's a week in wherever and it's just such a cool way to just like i'm gonna go to youtube and like what's this guy doing oh he's in a different country let's learn about the country and his experience actually in montreal there's a guy called the channel called new travel actually mm. he does the same when i um on the YouTube, Montreal is nothing. Uh, it's very, very small dot on the YouTube. Mm. The the whole thing, very few. It's Montreal is a big city, but it's almost non-existent. 
on the on the YouTube field, uh, the, the social media thing, mm. it's very very small. But there's a channel called New Travel. It's uh, it's from Montreal. The guy. Not familiar. I'll have to look it yeah, up. Yeah, he tra he traveled like different, like you said. That's cool. Uh, uh, experience in Toronto, Vancouver, mm. Calgary. Uh, right now, probably he's traveling to some like South American country, um, Guatemala or something. Guatemala. It's amazing. Some, but very few, very very few existence. Yeah, mm. definitely. That's that's maybe the dream job. It's just uh, traveling and filming and putting it on YouTube yeah. and then making money so you can do more travel. <laughs> it's weird. Montreal is. Um, Supposed to be very a uh, big city though, but the yeah. existence on the social media is not that huge. Everything is dominated by U United States. Yeah, oh yeah, always. But the gaming thing, back to the gaming thing. Yeah. I'm oh, I'm also always wondering like, because I'm an IT guy <laughs> actually. I have some people they do the program. They are programmers. Yeah. What part of what is the when you have a game like it's. It's like uh, doesn't matter. It's a PS game. Yep. The the well, like Star Wars, their PlayStation game, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was PlayStation, Xbox, PC. Yeah. So, but when you have a game, what percentage like the 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 work wise? What percentage is that like a writer or the yeah. graphic design or the the real coding? Yeah, I code what, what, is, what is like, the code. I think of as like the skeleton and the brain of game development. Like okay. it's you have to have it. It's everywhere. Yeah. It connects to everything. Nothing about like I can't write a sentence for a game and not have it impact code, right? Okay. Because code needs to tell everything. Okay. If this character is going to speak, we need the code to tell audio to play the audio file of the person speaking of their line. We need the ant with code to tell the animation to play the right gesture for that. Uh, and maybe it's in the face, face or it's facial expression, yeah, or in the hands, yeah. or it's just. Whatever, right? Just physicality for convincing them. The lighting, the visual effects, the modeling, all of it. It's like. But do you need to specify thing. that as well as a writer? Or do you, you put it like a. I probably should. In the brackets, saying yeah. like, you have to keep a oh, crazy yeah, my, face here. Yeah, my scripts are full of. Because um, if you read a screenplay for a movie, yeah. it's just a movie, right? Here's the lines, here's the. Uh, it tells you what character it is, it tells you what they're doing, where the scene is set, all of that. I do that with my scripts too, but other things I need to do is indicate, uh, if I say there's a sound effect that plays, you know, a gunshot in the distance, yeah. I need that in the script so that my audio team knows that has to happen. Because yeah. if I don't tell them, they don't know, right? And it's, yeah. I can't expect them to read hundreds of pages of a script yeah. and then go through it themselves to know, okay, well, sound's here, animation's there. So it's, it's super collaborative and you have to really be in contact with your team all the time. I had an idea this week for the, the project I'm on now, and I the first thing I did was message my programmer, hey, can we do this? Yeah. Is this possible? Like it's too much cost yeah, or like, something I don't too wanna, difficult. I don't wanna you know, I don't wanna write something in the script and think, Oh, I had this idea. Yeah. I would like to do this, I'm just gonna do it, check with nobody and expect it to happen. It's it doesn't work that way. Games, you everybody is always talking all the time. You're yeah, yeah. always sharing what you're doing. Um, you have to, otherwise, you're never going to be able to keep yeah. up with the project. Yeah. And uh, the big thing with game development is, you know, you watch documentaries about game development. It's very exciting because people are making cool, fun yeah. things, and they're talking about creativity, and it's really exciting. But honestly, most of game development is very boring. It's a lot of emails and spreadsheets okay. and things like it's just organization, documentation, making sure that 
you know, if somebody has a question, oh, uh, you know, Mitch was doing this feature and he confirmed it with programming. Do we know if we can do it? Wait, that has to be tracked somewhere. So anybody on the team can look it up and know. Okay, okay what happened this before, is yeah. This is happening yeah, in the game. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know about percentage because it's the, it's the kind of thing of like, <laughs> programming is 100% of game development. But then there's also other people who are contributing a lot of stuff to it. Because um, nothing works without code. You have to have... But the coding, you have a... <clears throat> Do you have a special team for the oh, yeah, uh, a yeah, team yeah. for the another one for the special effect? Oh yeah, every so it's interesting too because it depends on the size of your team. Because if you're a small team, right? You and I could you we're, you're going to leave the restaurant business. We're going to start a game studio. You're a programmer. I'm a writer. We'll make something that looks bad because we're not artists. <laughs> Great, and that's fine. Like we could do that, but small you, budget. Yeah. But when you scale up the budget and you scale up the team and you have more and more people and more and more needs, especially for something like Star Wars, where everything is very specific in terms of what people expect it to look and sound like, because it's so yeah, because known. If you create a bad Star Wars game, that one, you know, it's a Star Wars, it's like yeah, so... Like, yeah, you, like, you, you have to get everything exactly, yeah, exactly. right. So like it, if you turn on a lightsaber and it honks like a goose, it's not going to, yeah. you know, it's not going to yeah. work. Um, what was I talking about? Yeah. So, I forgot how we got here. So the, the <laughs> percentage of the kind of the, oh, yeah, the yeah, roles yeah, yeah. of yeah, different... The, exactly. And the more people you have, the more specialized yeah. they can become. So you might have someone whose specialty is they're a character artist. Yeah. And they're doing uh, 3D modeling of yeah. a head or a costume or something like that. Somebody else's job might be, once that's in the game, I need to light it. I'm doing... like My whole job is lighting. Making sure that everything is lit in a realistic yeah. and believable way that matches the art direction of the project, um, that looks realistic or cartoony or whatever it is. And then even more specifically, you might have somebody who's a VFX artist whose entire job is uh, smoke. They need to make an awesome smoke effect. <laughs> and they'll spend so much time and energy, thank you, building uh, not just like, okay, I built this fire effect, and then on top of the fire effect, I built the smoke effect, and the smoke is coming out. And then also I built these little embers, and all the embers are all flying out of the fire. It's but, super specialized yeah. and super specific on, Depends on, on the, big scale projects. Well, the size of the team yeah. and the budget. Yeah. And who's like, what is the role? Who's in charge of overall everything? Like? It's different in different studios. Um, at EA, we had uh, basically we had a producer. So the producer was basically the person in charge of the, the, producer. the production of the project. They would oversee you know, timelines, milestones. They make sure everything's happening on time. They're talking to the executives to tell them, hey, here's where we're at, yeah. and we're confident we're going to ship this thing on yeah. time. They run the team the, for the project. And then at EA, we had these uh, people called development directors, and you're, you're, they're your DD. Yeah. And I, I had a DD for narrative, and they would oversee me, the narrative designers, yeah. the cinematic team. So if it was like, yeah, they had to manage me and my script tasks, yeah. but also... Hey, is that shot done for that cinematic? Hey, is that character model done? Have we hired that actor yet? Those kinds of things. They manage. But there's the an actor as well. Day. Yeah, it's but they're not in the studio. It's like if if you're uh, and not every game has it, right? Like you're not going to need an actor for Tetris. Um, but if you have a character who has is going to speak, or you're going to hire an actor and you're going to scan their face and you're going to use their character their their likeness oh, in yeah. the game. Um, yeah, then you would you would hire them in. You would film them. Film them scenes all that kind of stuff it's uh it can get to be a lot of people like it's a studio might have 100 people on a team but then how many people you're hiring outside to like 
can help with art and help with visual effects and actors and people who are paying the actors. And who's running our set safety? Who's make, who's doing who's our stunt coordinator? So this guy is development like uh, what is the this guy DD thing is yeah. kind of they, they're basically it's like a director day day of like team. a director of a movie. Yeah, but uh, it's it's uh, it's kind of a combination of a director of a movie and a producer where it's like we're making sure that you're doing the right yeah. stuff and that you're doing a good job and that you're doing it on time. But not in a way that's like, are you doing it on time? Most of the time, it's really just, it's a, I guess that depends on the, the state of the production because if you're late in production and you're trying to ship this thing on time, yeah, it'll be a little more intense. But, but what is, if it's a coda, do they mm -hmm. like uh, one third of the whole thing or like uh, is that even close to one third it's, of the thing? It's probably coding? more, honestly. Like really? It's, yeah, it's hard to tell too because, just because everybody relies on programming and everybody needs programming to build things for them because you need to code for all of the tools for the game engine. Yeah. Um, you need it to make animations function. Uh, you need it for like, if you're going to have, uh, as an example, if you're going to have a game where, let's say it's um, like the Matrix, right? Yeah. Action game, guns and kung fu, yeah. and slow motion. You want everything to be in slow yeah. motion uh, on command. The player presses a button and boom, slow motion. Programming needs to know that early so that everything can be accounted for. Because if, if you tell pro, uh, programming yeah. halfway through production, hey, we want to add this feature where everything's in slow motion, if they haven't built the game for that or they don't have the tools for that. Oh, they did not have that done, done that before, so maybe extra cost. Exactly. Lot. Now it becomes, okay, well, we could do that, but it's going to take extra time, and maybe you're going to delay the project, or we have to hire another person. It gets very, very complicated. Um, but yeah, programming is like... Are they gonna the program? Are they gonna fail? Probably they fail. They are the bottom of the food chain, or oh, in terms of like, oh man, in my experience, like programmers are <laughs> top of the food chain. Really? Yeah, because you need them. But that said, I mean, you need quality assurance people too, and quality assurance is often at the bottom of the food chain in game development as well, which is not really fair because they're treated yeah, quality, like, yeah, quality assurance, right? Yeah, because QA is always treated like, oh, you're not a developer, right? You're not part of the team. It's which I, is I, shitty. Yeah. It's the worst because it's not true. QA is so, so vital important, to everything. Yeah. Because you don't have quality without them. You can't test your product without them. You don't know what's working. Yeah, exactly. They're the they're your first people in the game development. They're your first but players. But the problem, they created troubles. Yeah, because they're finding all sorts exactly, of problems. Exactly. They are not welcome. Exactly, and I think that's why some developers look down on QA yeah. because they're <laughs> they're creating problems. But yeah. really, it's you're the designer; yeah. you caused the problem. It, they just found it and told you. Especially when they find some problem, there is not a problem. So what the hell? Yeah, like, yeah that's you know, It's like, well, yeah. I know, I know. That's yeah. as intended. Um, and that's where you just need better communication and things like that. But no, in my experience, programmers because they they're they're so necessary. Like, I never want to piss off a programmer. I always try to make friends with the programmers because they're the people who have, realize your stuff. Yeah, like yeah. without them, you're hopeless. You can't do it. But right for the writers, like your job, like make it more interesting mm. and also make sure like this can be done in within a reasonable budget, right? Or, yeah. Or the current technology. Yeah, and that's my thing now is on my current project, I'm the only writer. Uh, and I'm, I'm doing a lot of like my own management and production planning. So I'm looking at not just, okay, I need to write the script and make these characters interesting and make the dialogue funny or sad or whatever it's going to be. On top of that, I need to know mathematically how many lines are in this game because I need to know how many 
uh, lines of dialogue exist, so we can figure out how many actors we need to hire, how many times they're going to need to come in for the, a recording session. Uh, they're going to come in for four hours at a time. They can do an average of 200, 300 lines every four-hour session. Okay, now i got to figure out like how many times do I need this actor in the booth, how many times do we have to get them to come back, all sorts of stuff. That's, it's not just the act of writing, it's figuring out how the writing is going to get into the game as well. Actually, you. I guess you. I saw somewhere like you left the EA already, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. Last last year, last summer. That was a big, big jump. It was because it was a very big studio. Um, I had worked on two Star Wars games, so I worked at like a, a big company working on the biggest franchise in existence. Yeah, it's everybody likes uh, you know working those big. Corporations and then it's, it's very like secure. A, exactly, like you can retire there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the in the IT field, we call CN. You know the CN company. CN is the Canada oh, yeah. Railway. Yeah, yeah. The CN company for the IT. I guess you can retire there. Even you are thirty years old, you probably get <laughs> it. Yeah, exactly. You you retire there when you are thirty. Yeah. Well, like, that's that's the thing too. Is like I left Electronic Arts because I, I I just wanted something to change, right? I just wanted to try something else. I had shipped two Star Wars games. I wanted to do something new, so I left thinking, I'm going to be a freelancer. I'm going to uh, make myself available to any number of studios who might want to hire me. I thought I would do this for a year and then uh, see what happens. If, I, if it's going badly, maybe I'll go back to a studio full-time. If it's going really well, maybe I can do more or hire someone to help me and we can have uh, like, like Sweet Baby, Kim's Company, things like that. Um, That's why when you are young, you have, you know, you have... Yeah. Have time to, uh, yeah. to take risks. Yeah, exactly. But it's kind of a it's kind of big big risk that like leaving a very very well like reputable great company like EA. Yeah, yeah. I had a good time there. Like every every company has its problems, and, and making games is so difficult yeah. that no matter where you go, it's always going to have its own set of challenges. Yeah. Nothing is ever going to be perfect, and that's fine. That's any job. Any job that you love is still going to have that a bit where you're like, ah, I wish it could be better. Uh, but but right uh, now you are kind of a year already after. Uh, no, so yeah, it was about a year ago that I left, and then one of the studios that I was working with offered me a full time job. So I took that. I ended up yeah. taking that job, yeah. uh, working on uh, just a. Oh, I can't. I can't talk about. It. I wish yeah. I could. Yeah. Maybe next year. We'll yeah. do this again next year. I'll tell you all about my game. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's great. But yeah, it was it was definitely scary because it was the middle of a pandemic, and I was leaving a full time job and security and stocks and bonuses and all the shit that comes with being at a real company. Uh, and I was like, I'm gonna go to a new. I'm gonna do the same thing, but I'm gonna have worse pay and no benefits. <laughs> you know. But actually, like um, when you you this, how do you you know you're leaving a big huge company? You, sure. You kind of adventurous but like what do you improve like uh, what do you do to to make sure you still have the edge you know still like how do you like as a like game writer right now I may do a little bit design or the producer role right but how do you make maintain or even yeah. improve like I think it's interesting because are you read different the New York Times something yeah I think because one of the, the first job I got when I left EA was working for another studio in Montreal, working on a DC Comics game. And that was nice because it was a great team. They already knew what their narrative was. 
and I came in to help them out for a couple months. Basically, I came in and did, uh, I wrote a bunch of dialogue and uh, a couple scenes and things like that, helped them out, uh, wrote a couple levels and missions, uh, and it was nice because it was just, I, it was what I had been doing and it was what I thought I was good at. I think I'm pretty good at dialogue. Um, I like to write dumb jokes, things like that. So it was like, good. I'm in my comfort zone. You have zone. to be fun, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because if, if you're making a game and it's not fun, then what's the point? Uh, and, and not just like when you're playing it, but when you're engaging with characters. If they're boring or they're wet towels, then who cares, right? So that's the stuff I think I'm good at. Uh, and that's the stuff that I, I like doing. And now, after that project, I started with the current project I'm on, I'm starting to, to do things that I've never done. I'm starting to do more production work. I'm starting to do a lot more boring spreadsheets and, yeah, yeah. and, and database stuff and documentation and uh, management operations yeah. coordination, like getting in touch with studios about recording and b booking booth time and figuring out how do we work with unions to, to collaborate with actors. Like that kind of stuff is so new and, and it's, it's a new kind of challenge, right? It's stuff that I, I know needs to be done, but I've never done it before. So trying out new things, <laughs> trying to succeed in new tasks and new skills I think is the only way that you can kind of keep that edge. More human just, connection. Yeah. People to people. Yeah, because it's, it's not just technical skills when you're writing. It's a lot of soft skills. It's like if I come to you uh, with a creative problem, trying to solve that problem isn't just as easy as, well, okay, here's the mathematical solution. It's you and I have different creative energies and ideas, and we're going to bring different ideas to the problem. So you need soft skills. You need to know how to work with people. You need to know how to... Um, kind of suppress your ego so it's not just uh, it's my story it's my writing I'm the writer it's I'm special it's like good ideas can come from anywhere and that's that's like an exciting and frustrating thing is you know you'll be in a meeting and an artist will just say oh what if we did this and you're like, why didn't I think of that it's so good so you need to be able to, to accept ideas from other people and say like yes that yes yeah. let's make that dream a reality exactly when you have deal with people like as a restaurant owner, serious. I don't have ego. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's very evident. Like you, your your reviews of the yeah. menu are very clear yeah. about that because you're very clear in the menu of like uh, I don't really care for this item. Or, no, actually, this is popular. And I, I don't really know actually, why. Actually, when you deal with the kitchen team, you don't have too much to say as well. Yeah. It's like you have to leave the. I have to leave the ego. Yeah, seriously, I don't have ego because. Actually, they create the job. They create the, yeah. the thing. Yeah, they cook yeah. the thing, and I cannot tell them. Okay, this this one I don't like. This one, you know. Yeah. You cook by yourself. <laughs> you know, cook yourself. You know, it's very very tough. It's uh, like when you deal with people, the ego will be the least thing to. Uh, it's helpful in the kitchen too because being able to you know when you're working on a dish and you're cooking for a lot of people very yeah. rapidly like yeah, exactly being able to look at something and say this isn't good enough yeah and not What's oh you heard something oh no. Little fuzz. Yeah, that's okay. I'll live. It's like a um, yeah, you have to be able to, to have those kinds of open conversations without oh, my feelings got hurt. And yeah. I'm taking it really personally because it's not it's not personal. Like if somebody tells me a line of dialogue isn't good, maybe I think they're wrong. Yeah. Maybe I think it's funny because it's a good joke yeah. and it's okay. Humor is subjective. But if somebody tells me, hey, this line just isn't useful. Like what is it saying? Yeah. You know, the character just says this thing. What uh, what does it mean? It doesn't. It's not emotionally impactful. It's not information they need. What's it for? Get rid of it. And that's like, I was thinking when you were talking about cutting your menu down, it's almost like editing writing where it's, okay, you've got all of this stuff. 
and all of it's pretty good. But if you reduce, you can kind of sharpen the edges yeah. and, and stay focused. And yeah, it's exactly. a little better every time. Well, even so. you talk to the chef or the cooks, like saying, like, can you do this much better? But then you, need to, you want me to do the fast. You know, you yeah. want to do like uh, for the rush hours and then you want to like, let's have so many orders at the same time. You want to do so many different things. It's not impossible. You yeah. know? Sometimes you can ask them to do a lot of things, but in reality, you cannot. And if you if you have some people, they don't have you know the patience. Yeah, you, you get into something, you know, ah, it's you know you have to have to deal with the people. When you deal with the people, there's you know something. Uh, that's why I'm saying always like uh, I like being water, so yeah. adapt to the form. Yeah, the, no, I'm, the I'm very similar. I'm yeah. with you completely. Yeah. I get that. Yeah, that's the thing. The book I uh, recommend you at the 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 dream of the red, red chamber. Red chamber. The red chamber. I write it down. That, <laughs> The main character, the hero of the, is a young boy, mm. probably 12 or 15, 16 years old. There's a very famous quote on this whole book. is the woman like a, a water, mm. man like mud. It's we are, we are dirty. <laughs> Men are dirty, like yeah. we are mud. Like the We're woman like, yeah, yeah. yeah, woman like a water. It's a very famous quote on this, the whole book. That's interesting. Yeah, it's a, that's I like why it. I like being water. Yeah. When you're being water, you change your shape, yeah. adapting to... The situations. That's yeah. why my uh, personality is very soft. When 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 you are a restaurant owner, you have to be soft. Yeah. To be honest, if you 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 think oh it has to be done this way, but in reality, like you have so many people working on the whole thing, and if you want insist on the outcome of this, like the way you're doing this. But the reality is, like, you don't have a lot of people. You don't know yeah. what you are talking about. The people in the back, in the kitchen, they say, you're kind of out of touch, you know. They, oh, one time you did this, it's fine. Two times, three times, they <laughs> kind of, you, you don't know what I was talking about sometimes. Like, you lose the yeah. respect or something. It's funny, too. Like, the more we talk about it, the more I think that making games and making food is very similar yeah. because you have your team in the kitchen, the yeah. same way you have a development yeah. team. Yeah. And they're very focused and skilled, and they're yeah. making wonderful things. Yeah. But that's not the end of the work, right? The, the work only begins once the people have the food, yeah. once the players have the game. Even we, we make more mistakes in the front than them in the back, actually. It's I, <laughs> sometimes, I, I would imagine that's pretty common. Yeah, because it's, it's, it's in the back, it's very, okay, we know what we need to do, and we're very yeah. fucking good at it. Let's do it. Yeah. And out front, it's you know every single person yeah. out here is a different audience member. They yeah, exactly. all have different histories and different yeah. wants and different needs, and they like that, and they don't like that. Even sometimes, like some customer, they are in the good mood. Sometimes in the bad mood, yeah, and yeah. everything you do is wrong. You know, yeah. so it's it's <laughs> everything you do is like the, you they smile and say thank you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They, okay. they, they first you came in the accepted. restaurant. They say, "Oh, it's a little bit cold in the room." You know, it's like the moment that they came in, they're they, they're not happy. Yeah. you know, it's a. It's a might not even be cold too. It's like you just came in from thirty below, and you're mm. in a warm restaurant. You just give it a minute. It's very, but it's in reality. I I said I maybe I say a lot of times, like having a restaurant. It's um, it's that's why I'm saying it's we are not the uh, we are not doing good. So even today, it's not. It's very difficult to uh, to do a restaurant. Even yeah, you, the restaurant is. I guess it's you make least errors. It, you you always have errors. Like mm. it's human thing. You have problem here or there, but always you try to make less. Yeah. Like. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's why I'm. I always, even today, I'm really struggling too. I'm really. Uh, I don't know myself. 
reading too much books like when I was young. <laughs> uh, we have like a little bit perfect set, like some ideals, yeah. like but sometimes way far from the things, the the picture I want to have. But uh, it's a reality. Yeah. I, I'm I'm good at uh, living with the reality. I'm really good at. Yesterday I was sometimes really feel really low. Sometimes yeah. feel like, I, I feel like probably we are doing well. Sometimes really, oh, we have so much room to improve. It's even every day. It's like that's why I worry a lot. It's uh, that's a that's a bad habit of worrying. Yeah. But it's it, you can I that's the thing. I, it's it's a training. When I was really young, it's maybe it's kind of you. I worry too much or something. But the reality is really we cannot be too good. It cannot be very good. So it's uh, improving is a uh, it's very very. It's my my constant theme is to try to improve, but sometimes even today may not be better than yesterday. Is um, it's yeah. a very very interesting thing. Do you read it's much like, philosophy, like Stoic philosophy? Yeah, I think you yeah. like Marcus Aurelius yeah. books, like his Meditations. I think you like them yeah, a lot. Yeah, it's, uh, he talks a lot about uh, like the way we can control that worry is well, not that is having the understanding like you currently do, which yeah. is. This is the reality, right? This is where I am. I'm in the present. This is what's happening. This is what's true. I'm aware of what I can change. I'm aware of what I can. There's no sense in worrying about what already happened because it's already passed. It's done. And I can't really stress about what's going to happen because I don't necessarily have control over the future. Reading that shit was so helpful to me. And I started reading this in the pandemic too because I was getting very existential and <laughs> things like that. And those anxieties can, can be overwhelming. I think that that line of thinking which you're you're clearly already on is is very is a, it's a nice way to achieve a little bit of personal peace day to day and kind of suppress some of those anxieties you don't need the peppers either hmm? you don't oh. need the peppers either for the oh. no yeah. this one you can never no eat. they're difficult yeah <laughs> they add a nice bit of flavor though a little bit of heat the thing we uh, it's weird is it's from thailand though it's hmm. from thailand and that's the the best we found in the market it's very very uh very hot yeah and it's very expensive too. The small hmm. bag, if you're in the grocery market, um, the grocery, the Chinese grocery, a small bag, one one dollar for very small bag. So, but we use different kind of dry hmm. red chili, and they are the almost the best one somehow. Thing uh, from Thailand. Yeah. I guess they eat crazy spicy food as well. Man, you're hungrier than I am today. I can't. I didn't eat all morning, so I was like, I'm going in. I'm gonna not eat anything. I'm so excited. I do not eat anything either. <laughs> I used to eat the Cheerios, Cheerios and yeah. uh, and the milk. And this morning I said I skipped that. Yeah. And now I'm like so full. I feel like we barely made it then. But do you think the Montreal as a like definitely you don't like? Do Do you plan to uh, stay in Montreal for a long, long time? I don't think I do. We've talked about my partner and I. She and I. She has family in BC. I have family in Alberta. Our parents are getting a little older. Our siblings are having kids. So we're starting to feel that pull to go home. Okay. Be closer to home, be closer to our families. At least the very home. west. Yeah. But we've been talking about it for several years. Saying, oh, next year. You know, next year is the year we're going to move home. Whatever, buy a house, settle down. Yep. And every time our lease renewal comes around, we're like, ah. But we like Montreal so not, much. Another year? Yeah, so we do another year. So we just we just our lease renewed in September. And we're like, all right, we'll do another year. And now we're like, well, if we're gonna buy a house, 
we should probably think about starting that process in like March so that we can have our, you know, prep to buy a house and our lease expires in September again. And now we're like, well, maybe 2023. So every year we're like, oh, maybe another year, maybe another year. And it's, it's an interesting conflict because I like being here, but I'm also, cheers, but I'm also ready to go. Because I've, I've done five years here. But Montreal is very interesting. If you it go is. to, except uh, in Canada, except uh, Toronto and uh, other cities, they're relatively small comparing yeah. to uh, Montreal. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and in Alberta, every city is small. Like Calgary is not a yeah. big city. It's getting bigger, but it's not. But it's boring if you... It's, yeah. <laughs> I would say, like, um, I've been 15 years all Montreal. I, I really like Montreal. Even my French is really bad. Yeah. But yeah, I, I think if we decided that, oh, okay, we're not going to move home. I think we would definitely stay here. Yeah, because there's we have uh, an amazing group of friends. Our we've had like great time with our careers in Montreal. Incredible food. <laughs> does Does she speak French? No, uh, she's doing classes right now. Uh, and it's it's funny because I had done classes for a little bit and I've I've retained a little bit of French, but you know, like we discussed, I'm not very good. But it's funny now because she's been learning. And every time she comes out of a class, so we're trying to do a little bit of talking in French and what you learn today, things like that. And I would always try to have like, oh, I remember, you know, in, in Quebec French, it's like this, but in French French, it's like this, like those kinds of fun facts that I learned from class. And now I'm out of all of those. I've oh. exhausted my knowledge and now she's way better at French than I am. So she's learning because yeah. she wants to be able to speak French. Yeah, even when I dig out the, several days ago, dig out the old thing, 2000. Six two thousand six when I first got here, I even paid to learn French. Actually, I yeah. I saw that an email or something in the website. Mm -hmm. I even paid for uh, me and my wife. We paid for French classes. Yeah, <laughs> I was so en yeah. enthusiastic about learning French. Yeah, but Quebec, the, the Montreal, it's it's right now. It's very very uh, interesting. If they the CAQ, uh, CAQ right CAQ the uh, Francois Legault, yeah. if they pushing more and more French, that that kind of a uh, it looks like the city itself, Montreal, is, you know, I don't know, it's probably to say if you have more and more friends, you may not be, econ economy may not be that growing that fast, mm. like more recognized internationally. Like yeah. if you have more and more friends, less less English, is that, yeah. it could be true, right? Yeah, and it's an interesting balance because I understand the Quebecois desire to yeah. preserve French and keep it as the primary language of the province. But I also think that the enforcement of French is enough that... It could be doing it detrimental to the yeah, status. It's, of, it's difficult to convince people yeah. to... So Montreal, as a, as a place for game development talent yeah. especially, very rich. Lots yeah. of people here. Convincing people, especially in high-up positions, like director positions, to come to Montreal... To speak French. ...is very difficult. Yeah. Because especially if you're coming from the States... Uh, you have to learn French. You must learn French to stay here. Uh, but the talent, they don't care about languages, right? If you have the talent... Exactly. So it's it, like, you're good, please yeah, come. Exactly. So, But if it comes with this, this caveat of, come here, but you have to learn French, it's like, well, that's that's difficult. Yeah. Like, I understand why I would need to learn French, but it's that's a, a huge commitment to learn mm -hmm. another language. And some people are willing to do it because, yeah, of course, like learning a language is great. I want to participate in the culture, and that's great. But for some people, it's but like it, I have a family, yeah, I have a job. If, if you I are busy with other things, like my, I'm 42. Uh, when I learn French, yeah. I feel like uh, restaurant, uh, you yeah, have a daughter, yeah. it's hard. To I make keep, the time. I constantly worry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My, my my head is half full already. Yeah, it's amazing. So if you sometimes you just cannot attract 
top talent yeah. people to uh, because some people if you if you take talent and you ask at the same time you have to speak French yeah like even right now they're talking about the GM of the what is that uh, Canadians the hockey team yeah they want the GM has to speak uh, French or something yeah. so or the coach head coach or something mm. But if you want well, most the, of the players aren't from Quebec. Yeah, if you want the top people yeah. to to make you a successful team club, and at the same time you you have to, they have to speak French. So the the pool is much smaller. Yeah. If you draw a talent from that much smaller pool mm -hmm. to expect them to to succeed on the very competitive environment of the league, yeah. it's almost impossible. That's Tom Cruise, yeah. like Mission Impossible. Yeah. <laughs> There we go. <laughs> seriously, that's because I'm I'm from outside. I I came here. Like, I I found an opportunity here, so I live here. I I kind of I'm a small fish in the in the pot sure. in the pond. So I don't mind to be honest. I don't have talent, but for some people, they do have top talent. They don't give a damn about like right. The people I always say like people on the top top in you know, the talent time people. Yeah. They they don't give a damn about anything. They just do their stuff, yeah. and they are pretty good at it. So if they give them, if they tell them to do this, they probably they will wrap up and leave, right? Because they don't want to take your, you know, command yeah. of doing. Yeah, yeah. You know, you have to have to do this. The top people they don't care. Yeah, they kind of the well, reason they can do it where they're comfortable. Yeah, the reason they are being top, they are super focused on what they're doing. You know, they the, they are top of the food chain. They are they are great. They have great talent. That means like they are super focused. If they tell, if they are super good at this, and you put them aside, so let's f speak French first, and then <laughs> they are not that good yeah. anymore, yeah. right? You know, the people they are. I see like a lot of people, the top top people, they are very paranoid. They are very crazy because they they kind of they focus everything. They put their all energy. Like if you like myself. I am always worried about something. I cannot achieve something really great yeah. because people they're super focused. Mm -hmm. Like those people, they don't like those kind of crabs. No, they don't like those kind of stuff. Like uh, you have to. Yeah, people they, don't like being told what to do. Exactly, they, the top people. Exactly, especially the top people. They don't. Mm -hmm. They don't follow rules <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> that's yeah. that's how they get the the, the top position. Yeah. It's like Montreal is a city. You you look at it. Probably, I feel like really a little bit pity. Like uh, you you kind of ask people to do that extra lift, extra. They have to have the extra. You know, if you want the city to a, to be a great city, you have to give people a freedom to, like uh, yeah, it's like about openness, right, and and yeah. being welcoming and being exactly encouraging of diverse yeah. experiences yeah. regardless of whether or not you yeah. are willing to learn this particular language but i think it's it's also something i definitely understand from the quebecois perspective because everywhere else in canada yeah. the expectation is that oh you got to learn english right yeah, you exactly. don't speak english oh that's frustrating for me the english speaker yeah. and that's not good like it's, that's it's, not better it, it, it's, <laughs> a, it's a balance actually it is yeah. a balance young people like my daughter she's she speaks perfect French, actually, like the public French school. Yeah. So it's a balance. You can require maybe your education system from the public school. They speak French. It's fine. It's a balance. But if you don't, you don't want to move further to to put extra extra. Yeah. A little bit. It's a balance. You need to find a, a really good balance. Otherwise, if you French, the Montreal is totally French city. I think they're gonna 
do this even worse than today probably because you right now it's the the trend is international right the yeah. globalization you have the top talent they find the people that the find the city have something attract them maybe they have a good family here and they can so they can bring their talent here yeah. they, they they choose to settle down but if you give them give them a little bit too much trouble there's a threshold probably a threshold you give a little yeah. bit this trouble I'm okay with my kid, wife. We live a, a good life here. And then, if you give them, yeah, if you give them too much trouble, they say one day they're gonna say, okay, let's let's move out. You know, it's a you don't want to have a mediocre, like mediocre, right? Yeah. Because like me myself, I I really think I like being mediocre myself. <laughs> I'm, very I'm very comfortable. Yeah, exactly. In that, like five to six, seven out yeah, of ten range. Exactly. Love so, it. That, Love me. Because in there. like mediocre. Being mediocre is nothing wrong with it. I like being mediocre, but at the same time, I do admire people achieve sure. extremely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I admire people like top people. Mm -hmm. Like they, they put effort. They put everything. They don't have good personal. They don't maintain good relationship with some people. But they are strict. They focused. So they they achieve a lot of amazing yeah. things. So I admire them. But that's not me. I want to be mediocre. I want to be comfortable like nobody recognize me i make a little bit living not like too much like no like guys if you have too much money you may have trouble as well yeah you know a lot of people you know you, you kind of you have status social status have money and you have problem with family a lot of times <laughs> but being mediocre is really my thing i really like uh, you know but at the same time i really admire people they can achieve amazing things yeah but that's not a contradicting to for me because you know it's people they have different life they have different uh, stuff they yeah. have pursuit of their goals and if you really want to be the top ceo in the world and you create some stuff it's good for you <laughs> then i i really like to lay you know stay I'm good here yeah it's uh, as a small restaurant as long as it's like a uh, can have a at the end of the year and when do the up filing tax that i have a little bit left for probably the same money coming from the the full-time it job would be great <laughs> <laughs> right because you don't want to be kind of a uh, too crazy but montreal as a like when i came here i found montreal is an amazing city with a super rich history mm -hmm. and even in the in the north america almost number two or number three in the whole north america right now look at the you know it's going down like crazy it's like people don't respect this city anymore yeah. it used to be top top three or top five at least in north america right now what is what is this city standing in the yeah. in north america it's nobody cares about you and right it's it's the how you manage the the city or you, you want to you know it's this way to make it keep the keep the balance it's a respectable city. It's amazing. They had Olympics, everything. And look at the Toronto. Toronto, right? They have Raptors. You know, <laughs> they have they had a championship. The <laughs> Raptors, man. It's, it's amazing. So yeah. people like if you like want the the kind of super like strong economy, they probably were or the the job opportunities. A lot of people move to Toronto. Yeah, it's amazing because it's a big market and. Maybe the policy is more like open, right? Yeah. More loose, and then it's amazing. It's just impossible to live in cities like that. Yeah. It's so expensive. Yeah.
but you have to find like the top it, two jobs to be able to exactly. Be but you, if you are the top people and you strive to be the top and you have big dream,、mm-hmm. you probably want to give it a try there. You know, this a, it's a big market. It's like、yeah. in China, even they see a lot of problem here or there. But if you if you kind of have some ideas or like if you think you can make big money, probably want to give a try there. You don't want to go to a a, a city like a, you know. It's like you can do best. You you really on top of the food chain, but still the market is so small. Yeah, so you you make yeah, yeah. very little out of it. So Toronto is give you that kind of feeling. It's but you know it's if if the Montreal is like、um, if very open society people the, if, especially the government they the open minded they kind of keep the talent coming yeah and give them the enough room to grow to express themselves and、uh, probably like it will we used to be the、help. yeah it, we used to be the number one in Canada right Montreal、hmm. used to be the number one right now this we are way behind Toronto <sighs> way behind. That's why I'm asking you. Like, <laughs> are you are you planning to stay in Montreal? Like,、mm. we need to. You know, it's a lot of <laughs> have a lot of interesting people, like a lot of talent,、yeah. either here or there.、Uh, collectively, if a lot of individuals they are talented and they they they're doing great to the to, in their in their post, and collectively the city will you know expand. Yeah, absolutely, it will stand out. That's how the Toronto is doing, I guess. You have a lot of, especially a lot of Chinese immigrants and Indian Indian immigrants.、Mm-hmm. They they all live in Toronto. And we see these Indian immigration or Indian immigrants here too. Like the population here, I feel like for Indian immigrants is pretty high. It's high, but、yeah. a lot more in Toronto.、Mm-hmm. A lot、okay. more because the English language yeah, itself, yeah, of course, yeah, it helps. Yeah. I guess for them, it's difficult to learn French as well. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting because I mean, coming you coming here, right? Like、yeah. you learned English. And now you're learning French.、Difficult. So it's like you took them in phases over the course of what, twelve, ten, twelve years. Yeah, exactly. Like, all right, good enough in English.、Yeah. Now I'll start French. After forty years old, you can <laughs> let's start over. That's, that's what's so intimidating about language. It's so difficult、yeah. to learn because it pe- takes the time and the energy and the effort. It's it's obviously worth it. Maybe、first. the Simon Paget or the、mm. the young immigration of like a, a minister in、mm. Quebec. This this guy is thirty something. And he's saying like, ah, it's, we have to push French. It looks like so easy, but how about this guy learning Chinese or whatever? You、yeah. know, it's it's very difficult. At the same time, you have to find a job. Yep. For support the family, and then like when you're old, and then your head just does not accept a new language. Right now, especially when I'm forty-two, it's so、the、difficult. The older you get, the harder it gets. Yeah. For it, sure. It's it's. It's the best way to learn French when I try to sleep. <laughs> If、You're、I'm reading, yeah,、time. exactly. And then all of a sudden, like after two second, two minutes or something, I fall asleep. So <laughs>、yeah. that helps. Yeah, helps you to. That's get, what I used to, to when I was learning Japanese for my、yeah. first trip because I wanted to be able to to navigate. I would listen to books on tape, and I would listen to the same lessons over and over every night when I went to bed, specifically just so I could hear it. While I was unconscious, and just doze off and listen to it,、yes. and think about Japanese. Some people they they think it's so easy to learn that you you in Quebec you have to learn French. It's for them very easy to say. Sure. But like when you have a big family to support, and then you are forty years old, and that's like incredibly difficult. Yeah, it's yeah. very. And your brain just does not register those kind of pronunciation,、mm-hmm. the the vocabulary. Because you've been、book. doing so much else yeah, for yeah. so long. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And also, you, if you're a child, it's fine because you don't worry about anything. You don't worry about yeah, a job. Yeah, you don't know anything yet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you got nothing going on. You can just yeah. 
and it, learn and some it, language. Yeah, exactly. It's so difficult for every time I hear those uh, the, the the politicians saying, "Ah, you have to study French in Quebec." Yeah, it's true, but <laughs> so difficult, like mm -hmm. crazy. And a lot of them, majority, it, unless some people they're from uh, like some country, they, the the French was there already, already yeah. foreign language. Some some other countries, but in China, India. The English, the people first learn English, mm -hmm. and we kind of, we with some English level is kind of fifty percent, and then now on top of that, you want to learn French. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, and especially if, if you're coming from somewhere like China, yeah. or you're speaking, yeah. if you speak, Spend Farsi, Kramanji, yeah. like any language that's not rooted in Latin, everything yeah. in Latin, that yeah. everything we know, it's significantly harder for you to come yeah. to Canada and learn not one but two languages. It's very, very, very tough. I'm still learning. To be correct, um, <laughs> seriously, I, I spend a lot of time learning French. Yeah, it's just very bad. It's but, such a beautiful language, though, for real. Seriously, I love the way it sounds. Yeah. Yeah. Even like I know that people kind of rag on Quebec because Quebecois French is a little Not, uglier, for a lack of a better really? term. Really? Yeah, because if you go to France or you speak to France French people, the way they talk about French and the pronunciations is very like it's just it's just a little different. In Quebec, like uh, the word uh, something, quelque chose. Yeah, quelque chose. Quelque chose. In in France, French, you enunciate quelque chose. No. In Quebec, it's a lot more crunchy and short. Quelque chose. You know, you gotta remove some syllables, and I know that that rubs some French people the wrong way because it's like a <laughs> oh, it's like a bastardization of our language, or it's a different version of our. It's not yeah. right. But both of them are so beautiful and yeah. interesting in their own ways. Like I love the the different ways. A the same or a similar language sounds. I like also the accent. Always the, the accent always put on the the last uh, symbol. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, not yeah. symbol, the uh, syllable. syllable yeah. yeah, last syllable. Right. It's a, It's very. It's kind of universal. They always keep that way. It's uniform. Right? Yeah. It, that helps. Like yeah. English, where you put the accent is the what is the accent? A uh, 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 Like you, you kind mm. of. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's every word is different. Mm -hmm. It's very tough at the beginning. I it took me like several years to find that thing. Mm -hmm. Like oh, this we need to put a like emphasis on here. This this symbol, like a syllable, and then the, the <laughs> other word will be another one. Yep. But the French almost the last one, right? Almost always the last one. Yep. Syllable. It's, it's well, there's interesting quirks with different languages too, right? Like in in English, when we I'm trying to think of a good word, but like. To say thank you, it's just thank you. Yeah. In Japanese, arigato. And yeah. you, you hit the R in that yeah. word different, arigato. Yeah. And we don't have that D sound yeah. for an R sound in English. Yeah. We just, I, I can't think of any words. And I'm sure there's some examples, but there's none that immediately come to mind where the R sound is like almost like a roll, like your tongue is rolling, almost like in Spanish. We don't really have that sound. And it's, it's interesting when you're learning other languages and you realize, oh, they don't have that kind of sound like we don't have that kind of r and in japanese they don't have a lot of like l sounds japanese is interesting they have always a consonant and a vowel yeah right? it's really interesting where did they it's very it's very like methodically yeah. structured and e easy to pronounce though yeah like in chinese we used to have two vowels together and even sometimes extreme cases they have three vowels together hmm. so you have to really kind of taking the effort to to have three vowels together. Yeah. And like, the word English and Japanese is one of my favorites. Iego. Iego. It's like yeah. it's, it's like all vowels except for yeah. the G in the thing. Yeah. Iego. Yeah. 
Let me see. Is that the mm. still? Make sure that we're still recording. You're yep. not out of space. Everything's fine. Good news. I keep having this constant. You, you look. You look great in the camera. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> I keep having this paranoid thought that I've turned off my microphone. But we need to finish the bottle before we finish. Oh, man. Otherwise, it would be a half a bottle ago. You said that, and I was like, "Uh oh!" And now I'm yeah. borderline drunk. So let's just carry on. Yeah. Sake is really great. It really yeah. is. It's just so nice. Yeah. It, I think the genius of sake is having a cup this size. Like when you get a highball at a bar and you have like a cup, right? Like one of these. Yeah. Of, it's a whiskey coke. It lasts you so long. It gets watered down and gross. A sake, it's just a little teeny tiny little bit of <laughs> yeah. wine. It's awesome. And also, it's easier than wine, though. Some dry wine is really dry. I'm not a huge fan of wine. Yeah, it's. I, it's uh, I've never really developed a taste for it. I. Except for this. Very difficult for me as well, especially yeah. the dry wine. Yeah, I like dry the, red is really. Yeah, really tough. I like the fruity thing. Yeah, me too. Like pink and whites with like lots of like interesting fruity flavors. I guess love it. I guess the dry is for the old school. I guess. Old school. Yeah. They, I guess they must feel very good about themselves when they dry when they drink the dry. Okay, I'm good at this. I feel like uh, people they have the feel like a little bit they know things. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. There's a I love that there's a job. Uh, so I think it's a French word, the sommelier. Yeah, sommelier. Something. Like you're just a wine expert. Yeah, wine you just expert. know shit about wine. That's your job. Actually, that's the very difficult word I learned. That sommelier. English word, sommelier. Yeah. It's mediocrity. Yeah. These are the people they they good at the wine and then they can tell oh this is from where where right. And yeah. they, they match with some food. Mm -hmm. yeah. I, actually, I learned a lot. From, <laughs> in China, we have no such a thing. <laughs> like, you can't learn somebody, much food. Yeah. Somebody, yeah. But actually, like when you choose, like did you literally, like uh, when at the very beginning of your career, like yeah. you chose to be a writer or something? Like it's risky. Yeah. It's kind of risky oh, career. Jesus Christ! It's risky. So I, I was only ever good at writing. I was only ever good at like English language arts class, right? So I would yeah. read books and read Shakespeare, and we would do plays, and I would write about them, and I would do drama classes, and creative stuff, right? Like. That was the only thing that really spoke to me, and it was the only thing I ever felt really good at. Even history, which I'm interested in, I never felt like I'm, I'm not good at retaining information. Okay. Like all of your amazing stories about the different dynasties yeah. and different times and the orders, really bad at okay. that kind of yeah. remembering that kind of structure and flow of time. I'm really bad at it. So for writing, it's nice because it's just, hey, you can do whatever you want. Most of the time it's bad, but sometimes you do but, all right, it's good. But do you worry about the income? Oh yeah, it's not stable. It's most not. Of the time. No, no, no. And and game development, especially because companies, the people who run game companies, are they crazy? Yeah, it's seriously. They're are not, they crazy. They they yeah. kind of fire. Like I don't like you. There's, <laughs> I don't know if it's quite like that, but there's like a lot of issues with with like abusive and toxic management in games right now, and people are trying to improve hmm. like cultures inside of studios from the top down. Get hey, you're a problem. Right? You're the cop of this company. You are responsible for issues that are hurting people. You need to get out and make room for people who can make it better. There's a lot of that going on right now, which is excellent. Um, but the problem is a lot of people at the top don't make games. and they're not, they, they, they never made games. They're just businessmen. So they don't understand what it takes to actually make a game and ship a game. They just want to make money. And that makes it hard. Um, 
I've now forgotten your original question. No, I mean that it's risky, right? It is, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and writing is writing like game development being it's rocky. So it's so subjective sometimes. So subjective. It's like a, not like a, some yeah. computer skills or IT. And, and it's unpredictable in games because yeah. no matter how successful your game is, your team you thought still you could, might get but laid off. You yeah, might exactly. do a great job and your game yeah. sells well, yeah. but hey, for the betterment of the business, we're going to let your whole team go. That happens constantly. Seriously. So even when you're doing well, you never feel safe. And that's the worst thing about yeah. making games, is that you're constantly living in this world of like, well, I'm doing what I can, and I'm happy doing it, but like, do I have a job in Jeez. six months? In Even now? you are doing well. Yeah. Even the game itself does well. Yeah, there, uh, there's like in the news right now, there's a company, they made a billion dollars with this one game in the last quarter or something like that. They made a billion dollars. Jeez. And they laid off like 25 people who made it. That's crazy. That's yeah. we call it betrayal, right? Yeah, that's like yeah, betrayal. People feel betrayed. So now there's like a lot of the conversation right now across the games industry is how do we protect workers? Where do we find ways to push management to do better? We have companies going on strike. We have but do they have? Do they need to put aside some of the sales aside for in case you know? Is I that mean, is that a good? Maybe a good plan? Yeah, or? they probably should. I don't know yeah. why they don't, but it seems like they don't. I get like, 5%, 3%. Yeah, like companies in, don't seem to invest, not just in studios, but yeah. in people, in talent, right? Yeah. The people who are making the games that make you a billion dollars yeah. with a B, a billion. Yeah. You do nothing to make sure they stay yeah. or that they can thrive and be yeah. happy. And I assume that, you know, most of the time those businesses just give them money, stocks, those kinds of things, like golden parachutes, we yeah. call them. So it's like if you... If you stay, you'll get rich. And that's an incentive for some people, and that's fine. But for people who aren't, you know, your QA teams yeah. who are looked down upon and treated very poorly when they deserve better, they're not offered the golden parachutes. They're not given those opportunities. Oh, no not no stop options? No. So for writing, it's... Writing is a discipline in games that's really interesting, and it's only recently started to be taken seriously because writing was always seen as this non-technical, non-development kind of discipline. It's You have your writer, and all they're doing is adding context and words to the very cool game. We made a cool game, yeah. now we need someone to make it all make sense. And for a long time, game writing wasn't taken very seriously by game developers. So they would be working on a game, and, like a game with a story, and they wouldn't give a shit about the story. I guess they like the special effects yeah, or cause something. Yeah, because it's, it's, when you're... And I get it, because as a game designer, your whole interest is, I want to make something that's fun and memorable and interesting to experience. And your concern isn't, does it make sense? And when a writer comes to you and says, hey, it doesn't make sense that you're playing a first-person shooter and you kill 100 people in two minutes. Like, it's, that's, it just doesn't make sense. So it's, it's always about the balance. And I think that for writers, recently, we've started to definitely see more integration into game development teams. Teams that are more accepting of writers as not just like screenwriters but narrative designers people who are designing the story they're designers too because writing is design it's not just by putting some dialogue i'm not just making the game make sense i'm working with you to enhance the design i'm working with you to to, to make the design uh and the fun of the game and of whatever kind of game we're making i'm, I'm working with you to try to to complement each other and it's not easy. 
and it's it's been a long road for a lot of people and I got into this kind of right when things started to get better which is very fortunate because I knew a lot of, of game writers who felt a little bit bitter about how they were treated by teams yeah. I'm currently with a team right now that is like unbelievably good they're so good at their jobs they're super invested in narrative I invested in what they're doing we all care about each other's work and it's the best way to make a good game that you're all excited to make but if you have a great story, it will help you to achieve those kind of recognitions. Mm -hmm. But sometimes they maybe rely on more technical side, right? It depends yeah. on the some games, the technical soup, I can special effect, the fighting scene yeah. will be so crazy and then can control those kind of crazy, do yeah, all the moves. Some games it's not even story, right? Yeah. Like you might not necessarily be telling a structured shooting, act one, two, three. Yeah, like you might have a shooter where yeah. you have different interesting characters. Yeah. And the story, the writing isn't, okay, well, what's the... The fantasy of the world, yeah, you'll you'll do that. You'll you'll do the world building, but the the player experience is always with the character. So you're trying to make interesting personalities, memorable lines of dialogue, and and anything you can if do. You to can find a famous line, probably going to be famous forever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I will. I, what is that? I will come back from, like uh, like uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, right? Mm -hmm. the, I mean, the, I will be back. Yeah, I'll be back. Yeah, I will be back. If you make that line for some popular yeah. games. Yeah, and there's a lot of like very quotable things in yeah. Yeah. that. That's a good goal, maybe, is yeah. to just have like a, a nice. Are you are you always thinking thing. about in your back mind? You create that kind of line. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's a little bit selfish. No, uh, all, maybe uh, like always. Like I need to put that line. Any story I put. Maybe it's like an ego thing of like you should write something that's going to be so memorable and yeah, good. Exactly. And then I'm like, no, like let's yeah. just do a good yeah. job. And because the the funny thing yeah. is like you could try to write those lines and they yeah. might not work or they might not come off. That line will live for 50 years. Yeah, like yeah, After 50 years, still, still yeah. people remember that line. Like, I'm willing to bet when James Cameron wrote Terminator 2, he wrote, I'll be back or whatever. Yeah, like, yeah. I don't think that... Oh, the, I don't my, think he was like, yeah, I just wrote like a classic line. Yeah, my first that, step, the humankind's big step. What is yeah, that? The uh, Armstrong? One small step yeah. for mankind? Yeah. Or one... One small step. I can't remember. What How do I not remember this? All, all we remember is a, a step. <laughs> one, step. One small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. Yeah, exactly. Is that it? Yeah, probably. There we go. I, I stuff like that. always suspect that's a line he uh, played in his oh, mind. Oh, I bet the whole flight to the moon. He yeah. Like, yeah. I can't wait. <laughs> I can't wait for this moment. Yeah. Let me talk. Oh, I'm going to be so fucking famous. Yeah, let me talk. This like I have to yeah. let out this sentence, this line. It's amazing. Yeah. But I... I mean, honestly, like, if you're trying to write, like, yeah. oh, memorable quotes, yeah. you're just dooming yourself. Because you can't control it. You can't control what's going to resonate with people. Like, we would write scenes that we thought were like, all right, cool. Like, I don't know. I think it's bad. I hope people like it. And then it comes out, and players love it. Like, my least favorite part of Star Wars Battlefront 2 is the, is the entire player base's absolute favorite. Like, when we were making that game, we had a, a Luke Skywalker mission that we thought, like, ah, like, narratively from a writing perspective i don't think this is luke skywalker i don't think luke skywalker is the like action hero tough guy lightsaber sword fighting master but players loved it they loved him for it and because they had a good time playing it they dug some of the dialogue that we wrote for him and that like think lines that we wrote that we thought like oh that just that just sounds good that sounds like luke okay cool don't think about it have become like lines that people talk about it's like oh that was so good but if Which you nice. if if you kind of deviate too much from the original story, where the then people stops, have issues, yeah, because then it stops feeling like the yeah. character, right? Yeah. Like if you 
if you write a Luke Skywalker who's bloodthirsty and he's excited to be yeah, killing people, it, that's, it doesn't that's, ring true and it doesn't feel good. But you have to be really good at that story. It, the, the movies, at least the book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, gotta you have to understand who yeah, real, the character is. But when you grew up, you, you watched that movie a lot. Of times. Oh, yeah. Seriously? Oh, yeah. A lot. That's the thing. When I came here, I started the first time I kind of watched that like six episodes thing. Yeah. The four to six mm -hmm. first and then one, two, three. Yep. It, with my capability of the ability of the English understanding, even today, very tough. Yeah. Very tough for me to understand that. Well, because there's a lot of like space sci-fi yeah, yeah. fantasy very, nonsense in it very too, tough. right? Like it's, yeah. For like, me, like the Desperate Housewives would be much better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because Star Wars, it, it... But it's a classic. I have to watch. I watched yeah. two times already, I believe. I still don't get it, do it too much. Oh. Yeah, I still... Uh, very, I, it's tough maybe, because they take the fantasy stuff yeah. and like... Because there's a guy named Luke and there's a planet called Tatooine yeah. and there's the Death Star and yeah. it's like... It's almost And that comical. golden boy was good at the beginning and yeah. then that turned out to be evil guy yeah, at, yeah. The, at the back, at the end. Yeah. I, I probably, I need to, after 10 years, probably I can watch again, probably yeah. I understand more. You probably have a better time with yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. But it's, I think, like, I still even struggle and, and when we were making the game, it's like, okay, there's like fantasy elements and there's like made up words and planets yeah. and aliens, but in the world of Star Wars, it's just very normal for them, right? Like, you, it's not remarkable that this planet is called whatever crazy name it's called, so you have to take it that seriously when you're writing it. And now your players, yeah. and, you know, especially if English is your second language, if the world is like, there's a guy named Luke, and he's a farmer, and he's from Tatooine, and he drives a land speeder, and he has droids, and it's like, there's all this terminology that's weaved in that it's not English, it's just made up space yeah. stuff. But do you like the, the, the Game of Thrones? I did for a while, yeah. I wasn't, that's... I watched it for a few years and really enjoyed it, and the last couple seasons of the show kind of lost me. Yeah, for me it's too crazy. I spent some <laughs> money for the Crave TV. I signed up for Crave TV only for this. Yeah, me too. But it's the English is too bad, too difficult for me. It's crazy. Have you seen on Crave TV Succession? No, it's Crave TV is really bad for me. It's a, it's a, it's I'm IT guy, so the technology behind it's really bad. I uh, think that yeah, okay. this is way behind Netflix. It's, way behind. It's not a great service. Like yeah, I it, like that they yeah, have HBO yeah, yeah, so yeah. that I can watch exactly. Succession and yeah. watch these like white business people collapse yeah. around each other. It's great. But also the application is bad. Yeah, it's exactly. not easy to navigate. The search functionality. Exactly. Is like, it crashes constantly. I guess I, I paid $20 only for two months <laughs> after the Game of Thrones. Well, that was I, us too. We got it for Game of Thrones. Game yeah, of Thrones yeah. ended. And we're like, well, now what? Cancel. Yeah, exactly. When stuff comes back, we'll, we'll resubscribe yeah, so we yeah. can have access. But it's, uh, it's, but as a pure, if if you are pure pure writer for mm. a games, but is is a natural path. If you have second thought, you can you can go back to a screen write, a screenplay writer for movies, and also for a, you can write your own books. It's, I think there is some crossover. Like I know a lot of, of, of folks who write games also write for the books. Movies yeah, and yeah. And there's like, well, yeah, because there's like. There's this guy called TJ Fixman. He used to write video games, and now he's yeah. writing movies, right? He wrote a bunch of films. Uh, a yeah. guy named Gary Witta used to write for PC Gamer Magazine, and he wrote Rogue One, Star Wars movie. Um, and he's written some games, so thank you. Uh, there's definitely some... Uh, oh, some, some Yeah, we did it. We finally made it. A couple of friends of mine, Sam Maggs, Mary Kinney, like they write novels and comics, and they write for all sorts of stuff on top of writing about games. Or, sorry, on top of writing yeah. games. Man, I don't know how they do I, it. They all have so you, much you hustle and energy, and I'm you, like, you don't think about writing. I aspire to have that much. Yeah, like, if you if you make one like 
J.K. Rowling, like that <laughs> yeah. kind of Harry Potter thing. You kind of and famous, but it's hard. It's it's hard to because when you spend all day Fictions. writing and you're thinking True about blood, the story. Twilight. <laughs> True blood. I need my Twilight. That's all. Yeah, Twilight. Find my Twilight. It's, it's a, all Fifty Shades of Grey. Yeah, there we go. Then I'll just write Twilight fan fiction. Yeah. and then call it something else, yeah, and then I'll be good it. to go. Yeah, if you're good at writing, it's amazing. You have many many options in yeah. front of you. I still think it's you don't need to deal with people anymore. Actually, if you write a, you, I think you do because you need. It's a very solitary thing to write, yeah. and I don't like like if I had a laptop here and I was writing a scene, it would bother me that you would be sitting there. Because okay. I don't like when people watch okay, me. Yeah. Right? I, I really I'm always working on a MacBook. Yeah. <laughs> if you use yeah. a PC, that's kind I mean, of... I'm using a PC, yeah. so I'm a fake writer. I need yeah. to get a MacBook. So yeah, MacBook, yeah. But, yeah, like, I don't I don't like being around people when I'm writing. Like, I'll we'll have conversations about what the story should be, and, oh, that's a good character idea, or that's a fun scene moment. Great. But when it comes to, like, I'm going to go write it, I need to vanish. Yeah. Well, like that's a ghost. And that's where I'm at right now. As I told my boss this week, I was like, hey, FYI, like, I'm going to vanish for all of December to go rewrite. I'll see you in January. That's and he was like, great. Go do what you need to do. For me, I'm going to spend all that time watching Netflix. Yeah, yeah I told him <laughs> I'd be writing. I'm going to be watching a lot of Netflix. Yeah. Instead of writing. Yeah. That's amazing. So. But yeah, it's, it is a solitary activity. But in games, when you come out the other side with a script, it's not just, hey, I made this script. Can you make it into a game? Because it's not... Yeah, That's not have, fun for anybody. Yeah. It then becomes a conversation of, okay. Every stage you have every to. Every scene that yeah. you've written. Yeah. You have to talk we, with them. Yeah, like, do we need this line? Could we yeah. cut that line for pacing? Or, hey, instead of what you've written here, yeah. what do you think about this thing? Because we've invented a new gameplay system that we think is really exciting yeah. in this moment. And sometimes those scenes work together with game design in a really beneficial way that's like, oh, yes, you should do that. That's really emotionally impactful. Yeah. And other times it's like, oh no, like we are speaking different languages and these don't fit together at all. How do we compromise? And it's a lot of compromise. Yeah, yeah I think like uh, in Montreal, like uh, if you stay here, I hope you really stay in Montreal for a long time. Okay. <laughs> and maybe, uh, you know, for me personally, maybe have a customer. <laughs> yeah, I'll, be, I'll, I'll give you a ton of money as long as I'm here, trust yeah. me. Yeah, and also like, uh, it, it's like, the, the gaming business in Montreal is, is really a good city for game yeah. and uh, for games. Like, uh, don't give up Montreal then. <laughs> the French is not that bad for English speaking. <laughs> it's not the French. It's not the French. It's just the family. It's yeah. just the family. It's, uh, but yeah, it's, I do love it here. I love it. Every time we talk about leaving, it's like, ah, oh, but everything here is so nice. Like, we built a nice routine here. Yeah. Like, we have our, I love our apartment and... Seriously, if you move to another city, uh, you work with different a group of different group of people for the for the games. Mm. So it's kind of kind of start over, you know, halfway. A little bit, yeah, yeah that's, halfway. That's kind know, of our anxiety. Least. Is, yeah. is I, the nice thing is my team yeah. for the game I'm working on is everybody's remote. We have team people in Germany, England, Amsterdam, oh, Montreal, California, yeah. Southern California, like all over the place. Our team is everywhere, which is awesome. That's amazing. My man. partner's team. Yeah. She works on a team of three people her and the two guys at work yeah. and they have their small little offices and their big building and it's great and the concern is you know if we move okay like she'll be away from the team Jeez, that's like a so freedom that's ultimate ultimate freedom you guys have like it's a pretty good spot like, yeah this so, is the the, I, the only upside of covid <laughs> uh, actually that's the free on, on scale of zero to hundred and yeah. you have the hundred on the on the freedom 
having a restaurant is zero. <laughs> Actually, every every week well, no. I have to go twice to a, a vegetable place to get yeah. veget- boxes, boxes, boxes of vegetables. Yeah. Twice a week. So physically, I cannot leave a week. For, you did, you week. close? Do you have like a we're off on Sundays and Mondays? No, no, we don't. No, have, never. We, yeah. Do I, you take time off? No, that's no. the problem. You gotta hire like a assistant manager. Like, hey, it, you're taking weekends. I'm out of here. It, it's a small restaurant. It's very tough. I, I need to walk away next year or sometime. I, I need to find somebody can take care of it. But it's small business. The restaurant, yeah. family restaurant business, it's really difficult. Yeah. You know? But you've been doing it for how long? How long is this? Had, eight years. And you had a, the previous building, but now you're here. Yeah. Eight years. Four years here, four years in Codenage. Pretty good. But it's the problem is like we're barely surviving. Sure. It's It's like, uh, it's kind of very, very... It's kind of very demanding. So I literally cannot leave uh, for a week, like a whole week. Yeah. Last, before the t- pandemic, my wife took her dead mom and then our daughter to Mexico. Mm. They all went without me. So oh, no. so we have to... have, so to, you have to work around. Yeah, exactly. So I don't know. It's maybe the failure of myself, my part. So I need to find a good model, a better model to do... To, to, things so it's not all on you yeah exactly so that's the thing it's that's why i'm saying like right now i i worry a lot every day i worry so we need to find a way to to have the the family restaurant business to make sure like i can live a a week two weeks will be the perfect so i can go visit china my parents or like mexico or cuba or anywhere like uh, two weeks right now i can't i can't go anywhere so Last time it was three years ago when my child, my daughter was six. So two weeks I visit the first time after she was born wow. to the village, my parents. So that time my wife still in the restaurant. So I, that time I had a full IT job, full time wow. IT job. So and the restaurant. Yeah, and the restaurant. So. That's why I always I'm I'm saying I'm mediocre. If this if, I'm mediocre, I'm just working two yeah, jobs and sending my family to yeah, Mexico. That's this, notable, man. Yeah, if this restaurant fails, I totally I'm okay with it because like I did not put. I sometimes I feel like the the effort. I did not. I always have even when I had a full time IT job. I kind of started on the side for seven years as a restaurant. Yeah, but I was playing safe. You mm-hmm. know, if you don't risk too much, if you Put, don't put your effort in one thing you don't expect to succeed you know it's that's my thing that's why i'm doing the the the, the mediocre thing or the compromise i feel like i i don't that's my whole thing i'm not a guy have to be extreme yeah if i see one direction i say like okay i need to put all my effort in this direction mm-hmm. i'm not that kind of guy i i'm kind of play safe that's why i expect being mediocre <laughs> Because that's being fair in life, yeah, yeah. you know. If you don't put everything you have, but in- I think that's healthy. I think yeah. putting all of yourself into something is a young man's game. Yeah. I think that putting like I'm putting my heart and yeah. my soul and everything I am into this yeah. job yeah. or this individual yeah. thing, it can be all consuming in a way that is self-destructive, and it can be it can take away all your freedom and all your time and all your money and all that kind of stuff, and it doesn't leave much room for anything else. Mm-hmm. And at least right now, you've got the room for So that's why I'm not so extreme. I'm okay with everything. If, to be honest, if the restaurant go south, sure. it's, it's, it's not end of the world for me. I probably go back to my IT job or go. something. But I'm more like uh, interpersonal people. Like uh, some, I, I can deal with a lot of people. Like um, 
like I'm really flexible to be honest that's my I see that's my strong yeah like my strong yeah. point and uh, it's very I but I at the same time do admire people they put everything you know they kind of you know really focused yeah but I'm not really focused I you know I I don't know. Even I'm doing this video. I know it's not going anywhere. That's fine. Yeah. We're just yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So we we leave something. You know, we record something with sure. some some guests, some people. Like we tell our stories. Is it could be naive later when we look back yeah. later and like even some ideas I have. It's really naive. I think I'm I'm 42 years old, but I think I'm really like naive. A lot of people think like you, you think like you are 21 or 18 years old. <laughs> it's, it's kind of a it's kind of a I like that kind of I think a lot to be honest. I when I the first job I traveled to Egypt we we spent six months like one project six months. That's a so, long time. So we stayed you know there what? alone, right. uh, like uh, with colleagues. But a lot of time we did a lot of thinking, and yeah. also we we do the internet. Mm -hmm. Remember, we have great firewall in China, so a lot of information, a lot of BBC, CNN website yeah. we could not visit. Yeah. So kind of the first time you kind of what the hell we can see all this oh, website. The internet's huge. Yeah, it's kind <laughs> of. Can they see this? This guy's. You must be arrested. Yeah, this guy's saying some <laughs> shit. We gotta call the cops. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, kind of people dare say this. People dare write those kind of articles. So that kind of, you know, I had a lot of time to, you know, when we do projects during the day and then we go to the customer side, like yeah. uh, Egyptian company, uh, telecom, whatever the name or the British telecom. Mm -hmm. We will, during the day we went to customer side, we work on the customer side. And then after five o'clock, we go back to our the apartment the company paid for yep and then kind of nothing to do let's go to internet <laughs> and the bbc cnn whatever all other sites and the chinese sub, uh, website as well in chinese like what the hell you guys you you kind of you wrote this thing about our chairman mao <laughs> like we're, we we respect like 100 percent like kind of he's the the, the god of you know the, the the generations like what else like you have this kind of stories that's kind of insane. And after reading so much, like you think about everything. That's the thing, we, we think a lot. Yeah. Like, especially the programmers, we have, I did not do the programming, but a lot of our, the developers, they yeah. answer. We were debating a lot, actually, we were debating. <laughs> actually, we, we can go to um, some barbecue places, but the, we can expense the cost, mm. right? Because we're on projects, yeah, right? Yeah. And we spent like, Two hours debating. We had all the beers and the food and like, That's uh, good stuff. yeah. And yeah. we were super young. We we're mm -hmm. 25, 24, 26 years old. We we're debating about the, the history character, history very recent. Yeah, like we we're revered so much. And one side say, oh, we should not. He's something he did was wrong or something. Like we we're debating actually. We we're kind of. Like had the beautiful thing and then have drinks and we we'll spent two hours. We spent two hours debating, like like redneck. <laughs> it's it's oh, no. amazing. So that's yeah. why we think too much. Yeah, you know? it's too uh, too crazy. That's gave me a lot of um, these crazy ideas of. Uh, yeah, thanks. Some water would be good after a whole bottle of sake. <laughs> Thank you.
but you are you are doing well after that after the leaving EA, right? You are doing yeah 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 because my, my company got acquired, yeah. so we got uh, another company bought us, so now we're doing great. We were a small team, and it was like an independent studio, right? It was a small team, and it was founded by a guy who was like. 23, dropped out of college, decided he wanted to make games. Learned that's always a good sign. If you drop out of college, yes. that's always a great sign. <laughs> yeah, he's like, this isn't for me. Instead, I'm going to make stuff. And he made a game, and it was super successful. And then he grew a team around him. And then now we're working on a, a separate project. And it's great. So it's like a nice independent studio yeah. with a little bit of backing, and we're feeling good. It's nice. But that's in Montreal, right? The, the whole hard The studio is like... It's because everybody's remote. It's like he's in San Francisco. Everybody else is everywhere else, which is nice. So I'm I'm in Montreal, and if I decide to move, I can move to I can move to Finland. I can move to Alberta. I can go wherever, and they'd be like, "Cool, like we'll see you at work." You know, whatever. As long as I can work roughly American hours and be there for my team and not let them down, it's all good. That's amazing because you have yeah. you have so much you have you have received so much recognition. So I think you don't have to worry about in oh, ten years, right? God, I hope so. This yeah. is the thing too about writing is like, and this is especially true of screenwriters and novelists is no matter how much success you're having, it's never guaranteed that anybody's really? going to give you anything. That, no, I think people they, they you have the recognition and then the respect you have at least you can guarantee. For me, I will feel pretty safe for ten years. <laughs> for this, actually, for this I feel, recipe, yeah. I feel okay for now. Yeah. we'll see. We'll see. It'd be nice. It'd be nice if, like, five years from now, I was still yeah. able to, to keep doing this. Actually, after the, you know, for me, myself, the restaurant, after the Kim's tweet, I think I'm good for two years. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, a little bit of a boost? Yeah. A little bit? That, that could boost, like, uh, at least, like, I always tell people working for the restaurant, the people around, I, say, I think, within two years, we will be okay. I'm well, that's the fun thing about Kim's tweet, is, like, any, any random tweet can blow up. It can be super popular, super yeah. funny, 100,000 retweets, right? Yeah. But that might be it. It's just like, oh, a lot of people saw and appreciated this joke. Yeah. That's it. That's normally where it stops. Yeah. But you got like news coverage yeah. because of it. And I think that helps a lot, obviously. Yeah. And like once Global picked it up, it was like, okay, and then CTV and all these other yeah. all these other outlets started to... It's it's like the the effect of the, the vaccine. At least give you six-month protection. <laughs> Six months, like for yeah. us. Now you just need a little Kim Bel Air booster. Yeah, probably <laughs> another boost, another boost for like another six months. Come on, Kim. Yeah. More viral tweets, please. Yeah, but like this two two years, and it's uh, it's, it's kind of a uh, really really helping a lot. Good. And, uh, two 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 years. That makes me happy because yeah. I love your restaurant. I love your food. I'm so happy that yeah. that it got the attention that it deserves, and it's yeah. not just me and Kim yeah. telling people like you gotta have it. It's it's not uh, it's really helping two years. I totally like uh, super lucky to be honest. Like, uh, but after that, I don't know. But I kind of hope like it will give another extra year, like three yeah. year or four years. But this is kind of really tough. I think stuff like this helps. I think stuff like dinner with the owner and the reviews and the video, yeah. like you having the dishes, and not just reviewing the dishes, but. Having like okay, I, I I put this in a box and I waited thirty minutes because yeah. I want to I, I want to understand the the customer experience, yeah. stuff like that. I think genuinely, yeah. it shows people that you give a shit. You're not just making food and hoping that yeah. it's good enough, right? Like you are putting in the yeah. effort. You're understanding your yeah. customers. Yeah. You're putting yourselves in their shoes. You're speaking to them to understand who they are. Like you're putting in more effort than I've seen any restaurant owner ever put into any of this. 
It's called the shameless right now. <laughs> <laughs> But it's uh, it's great. As, okay, I guess we can. Uh, you you don't. We're all out. Yeah. I'm full. We're out of sake. Even we out, out of water. Out of water. It's kind of a. It's great. Anything you want to add? I like. Uh, This was amazing. This is my first time eating in the restaurant. It's perfect. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, loved it. It was all right. The the eggplant. I'm not a huge fan of the aubergine. I don't love it. I don't love it as a vegetable. This eggplant. There's because eggplant. There's a lot of pores inside, so absorbing a lot. So this. Well, that's my thing. Is it's always very tough. Yeah, exactly. It's, like it, it's very, it very difficult. You. Yeah, very difficult to uh, yeah. to cook the eggplant. This the this almost like low. a nice. Yeah, it's 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 not firm, but it's yeah. not squishy yeah. and gross. Yeah. It's just really nice. And the sauce. I don't know what's going on in the sauce. Fantastic. It's a it's a potato starch a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> One more. One more tasty yeah. eggplant. Great. Yeah. Thank you for having me. This was nice. It was nice to have dinner with the owner. Nice to talk about language, history, yeah. <laughs> all sorts of random bullshit. Yeah, with a lot of small chats, mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, I uh, I have a lot of ideas. If my English is much better, I probably can see. I can talk about more about like uh, my. You're very own down thinking. on your English. Your English is yeah. amazing. Yeah, I, I don't think you recognize yeah. enough that your English is fantastic. Really? I, yes, hundred yeah. percent. It's great. Yeah. Sometime last time, last time I was on the CDC radio, the CPC radio, they asked one question. I did not understand the question. I said, oh, no. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would say, yeah, oh, okay. That's, actually, that's it's a pass. Thing. It's a pass, actually. When I, when I look back, listen to the radio uh, interview, actually, I thought it was no, not too bad. Like, actually, I handled that all right. Yeah. What's going on? I, I guess the, <laughs> the listening is difficult for me sometimes. Yeah, and that's, that's the fun thing about language. It's like, It's different sets of skills. It's yeah. not just knowing the language. It's yeah. knowing the language, being able to read it, yeah. being able to understand it, being able to speak it. They're all different skills. Yeah, and this, seriously, when our English is getting better, better, I I want to talk about you know discuss a lot of kind of stuff with other mm. people. Yeah, I hope you can write a book. Actually, it's God, like, me it's too. Like, you have the skills. It, <sighs> that that's the writer. You know, every writer should write a book about the lot like of stuff. Yeah, I fiction. have all sorts of notes and all sorts of ideas. Yeah, that fiction. Actually make the you, time. you already wrote a lot of fictions on the in yeah. the games, right? Yeah. All the fictions. But that's the hard thing is when you spend your whole day at work yeah. writing. It's very difficult to find the energy after for me. Some people, it's not. Some people, it's like this is all I do. I do writing all day. I do writing all night. I get up early. I do some writing, and then I go to work, and then I do. It's a lot. I for find me, it's like I have a limited amount of gas in the tank, and once I spend <laughs> it at work, it's gone. I find it's amazing. People here, they read yeah. a lot of books. A lot of people still read books. Oh yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. Like uh, even books are the best. Read the, books. Even the first time I saw people still have the mail. They they sent mails and letters. It's still in China. There's nobody using mail. Wow. So here they kept everything in the library. I live in the western small city. Like they have mm. really nice library, and you can go there in the winter. You sit there, the nice sofa and the people that have in the computer for internet it's amazing sounds great it's, it's like a it's, cool place to hang yeah, out <laughs> it's great it's people like you still people a lot of people reading books and a lot of people write books that's yeah. amazing everybody's writing book everybody it's writes amazing it, it's wild how little yeah like it seems so daunting to write yeah. a book but it's the kind of thing of like if you just sat down with a pad of paper yeah. and you wrote one page every day I probably Every, one page a day. That's it. It's like 500 words yeah. on a piece of paper. I, I you have a novel by the end of the year. I think that's yeah. crazy. Yeah. And next time, probably I see a book with signed by your name. Yeah. <laughs> I'll make sure you get a copy. Yeah. Great, great. <laughs> someday, yeah. maybe someday. Great. So, uh, anything else? No, I'm full. I'm half satisfied. I'm a little bit drunk. 
Actually, I'm not drunk that much. Drunk. I, no? feel, I feel a little bit on my face. Actually. I don't. Yeah, yeah. It's, I, it's I feel, all. It's all here. Yeah, I feel a little bit. I don't drink a lot. Like we. I feel a little bit. I used to go out and have drinks a lot. Yeah, but you feel. I don't have alcohol in the house very yeah. often, so this is nice. It's yeah, nice finish the whole bottle. Thank you very much, Thank man. You. Thank you. Like. Thanks. Great, man. Okay, I can stop there. <laughs>